Hi, and welcome to Falling Star, a Star Wars RPG actual play podcast. I'm Jesse the Game Master. Just a word before we start. This episode does include the first of a couple of cutscenes that will be part of the story. These cutscenes are new recordings of the same information that was given to players, just with a slightly higher production value. So let me know what you think. This constitutes part four of episode one, Parahelion. Previously, Imperial propaganda singer Joel Elite and her bodyguard 610BXG were ambushed coming out of hyperspace, reaching the Imperial world of Aberon. They survived the assault, though much of their crew was hospitalized or killed. The pair then visited the home of the governor of Avaram and were given a datapad of music by one of the governor's young slaves, and asked to sing it at the next concert, with some very curious clues going along with it. We join the session now in progress. While we are watching these small collection of people retire back in your rooms when waiting for dinner, Screen Wipe 2, Moraband, formerly known as Korriban, and Throne World of the original Sith Empire. A lone star destroyer rockets out of hyperspace and draws close to the dust-colored world. Several other star destroyers can be seen patrolling the space around the former Sith stronghold. A Lambda-class shuttle drops gracefully from the cruiser's launch bay and is followed by a quartet of TIE fighters which take up escort positions around the craft. The screen wipes to the interior of the shuttle. A pair of pilots efficiently manipulate the controls. One of them speaks into the comm as the vessel eases closer to the planet and the star destroyer closest to the Sith world. Shuttle Demel requesting landing clearance for Corban 1 landing platform. The comm crackles to life. Confirm that, Shuttle Demel. Code received. Your flight plan is approved. Copy that. The screen wipes again to the exterior of Moraband. The shuttle, still flanked by its escort, descends through the yellow and brown skies. It swoops low over a rocky terrain. Shiren! Great, leathery, bat-like predators scatter before it, and eventually the vessel slows and deploys its landing gear. The craft lands in a deep valley, and the ramp drops down soon afterward with a snap hiss of venting gases. From the ramp, four figures emerge. Two are robed in the scarlet of the Emperor's personal guard. Four spikes clasped in their sides. They take up honor positions at the base of the ramp before the next two figures emerge. The first, a wizened figure who walks slowly and with a cane. His features are concealed by the black robe he wears. He is followed, just a step behind, by the massive armored form of Darth Vader. The pair of Sith Lords move with purpose away from the shuttle, leaving their guards behind. They stride across the canyon bottom and approach a massive stone bulkhead. With a wave of the Emperor's hand, the bulkhead moves out of the way and the pair descend purposefully into the darkened halls. The screen wipes again to the interior of the Korriban Temple. Lord Vader and Emperor Palpatine approach another bulkhead, this one metal. It slides open without a gesture from either of them. Palpatine speaks. Wait here, my friend. Darth Vader halts at the command and bows respectfully. Yes, my master. Palpatine steps forward. Another wave of his hand at a nearby console and a force-filled bridge extends into the room beyond, a large spherical room with a single platform out in the middle. 
The Emperor sweeps over to the throne located in the middle of the platform and sits in it. The aged man closes his eyes as if to draw his focus inward and rotates his chair to face away from the now-closed path he just used. One of the walls of the spherical chamber slides away, revealing a chamber beyond. An Omawati female is suspended in a holding cell by a blue force field focused on the bands on her wrists and ankles. She is dressed in little more than rags. As she rotates slowly, suspended several feet in the air, her eyes open and focus in on her captor. Her voice is weak when she talks. You return, she says. Palpatine pulls back his hood. My eye! His voice is lazy and dangerous. Events on Avron have not transpired as you revealed to me. She says nothing but flinches despite her attempts to remain stoic. The Emperor casually blasts the woman with lightning from his fingertips. She jerks and screams, writhing as much as she is able while still restrained. You know I cannot lie to you, she manages through her screams. Palpatine pauses and considers. It is true, he finally admits. She sobs her breath, quivering in pain, finally gasping out. This place... Strong in the dark side, clouding my vision. Palpatine considers. So be it, Jedi. He tags a button on his console. Give her the injections, he orders into the intercom. Two Imperial scientists enter the woman's chamber through a door on the far side. One of them has a hypospray in hand and casually injects the women, who puts up no resistance. Palpatine narrates. The first injection is of my own creation. This virus now spreading through your veins is permanent. It destroys your tissues, treading the cells, and will cause you to die within hours. The effect is so painful that many Jedi have succumbed to the dark side from the pain and anger alone. Then I added the second effect. Your emotional responses will be magnified a hundredfold. Even as you lie dying, the dark side will claim you. A look of horror spreads across the woman's face. Resigned as she was to her death, the possibility of losing her hold on the light side of the force and slipping to the dark side scares her in a way that her own mortality never could. The second scientist holds up another hyperspray. This, too, is injected into the woman. Palpatine continues. The second injection will hold off the effects of the past for a few hours. Unless you receive an injection every three hours, your body will consume itself, and you will fall screaming. He tags another button on his console as the two scientists leave. The door open is still behind them. The woman is lowered to the ground. She makes no effort to escape, clearly beaten. Palpatine cackles. Now, my good Jedi, will you accompany me? The woman hangs her head, defeated, and crawls to her feet exiting the cell as ordered.
what was the name of that planet again? Warband. It's also the name that she left for um, on the Hollow Recorder for um, your character. I can't remember her name right now. And this one actually is a flashback to 15 days before your your arrival on Avaram. Date, 15 days before Avaram Planetfall. Interior, Avaram House. Five human women, three human men, an Ishitib of indeterminate gender, and a Quarren are clustered around the dining room table. One of the men has an infant in his arms. One of the women, an overweight but pretty woman in her 40s, is speaking. You're sure about this? I mean, there's no chance you're mistaken? One of the men, a scholarly man in his seventies, who speaks with an overeducated clip in his voice. I have been over the data numerous times. There is little doubt about this. Another of the men, this one younger and blonde, barely out of his teens. So why don't we just talk to him? The older members of the group look away, but another one of the younger members, perhaps a few years older than him, snorts derisively. And say what, Saki? The second you say anything, you're lining yourself up for a stormtrooper firing squad, and they wouldn't believe you anyway. I think we all know what we really need to do. There's a long silence, and finally the young man, Psyche, speaks up. Are you out of your mind? You're talking about assassin. There is no other way. One of the other women, who has up until this point been silent, roars. You think any one of us want to do this? But you know damn well that this is a war. Every one of us knew it would come to this. That choices would have to be made. That we would have to get our hands dirty. You know damn well what the Empire does to traitors. And now this. We don't, we don't even know what this is. But I will not stand by and let them do that here. Not to my home planet. Not to my children. Not to my neighbors. Not to me. So, we do this. Do you understand me? She stops her rant, not inches from Psyche's face. Psyche shakes his head. Liaka, there has got to be another way. But the resignation in his voice is clear. He sits down and stares into his hands. Liaka ignores Psyche's last statement. Okay, okay, she flips through her data pad. Okay, it looks like their last stop before Avram is Iridu. She pauses for a moment. Vac. You're the one who's done any of this before. Vac, a wiry woman with mousy gray hair and a hunch to her shoulders, frowns. Yeah? I think our best bet is to hit them in space on the way into Avaram. Eridu's too well defended, and there's no way we can marshal enough resources before that. Even in system, we're not going to be able to tag them, not with those Golan 2s close in. I think we're going to have to yank them out of hyperspace. Psyche rolls his eyes. Oh, good. Well, while we're discussing stupid plans, let's just requisition an interdictor-class cruiser while we're at it. Vac glares at the young man. Once he lapses into silence, she continues. With the right intel, it's possible to do it the old-fashioned way. Carol, she now addresses one of the other seated women. You used to work in Iridu's spaceports. Any contacts who owe you a favor or two? Carol frowns, her rather severe auburn hair seeming to flare slightly as her head moves. Hmm, I know a few people. Let me guess. You want hyperspace entrance coordinates from spaceport control on their flight plan? 
Back shakes her head. Not precise enough for this. I need a data feed from their nav computer seconds before they jump. Then I need a data feed dumped directly to us immediately at this end so we can get it in position. Carol continues to frown. Tricky, but I think it can be done. I assume you can get the ear to my contact in Iridu before they depart? Back nods. No problem. I can get it there by tomorrow if need be. Psyche sounds disgusted. If you're putting something on their damn ship, why don't you just put a damn bomb and have done with it? Back sighs. Thank you for joining the discussion in a more useful form. However, there are two reasons. If we were to... She hesitates to use the word, but finally admits what she's doing is what it is. Assassinate a high-profile person like this. Publicly? We might as well just give the whole damn sector to the Empire. We're waging a publicity war here, too, you know. Second, the spaceport detectors will pick up explosives. A transmitter and computer spike won't show at all. She turns to the issue tip. You're certain your tug can get one of those big asteroids there? The Ishi Tib waggles his head affirmatively. Yeah, and if Kallak can handle the seismic charges and we can get the timing right, then I think we'll be okay. Kallak, the Quarren, wiggles to his, his tentacles. Well, he's going to try this. Should be fun. Back frowns. <sighs> you know, this is a big ship. I don't know if the snub fighter we've got stashed here is going to do any good against her. She's too big, and it's too small. I don't see we've got much choice, though. She looks over at the middle-aged man holding the baby. Khalib, you're flying the fighter. You know that ship can't get to Avaram. You know what I'm asking of you. The man with the baby looks down at the child's face. He waggles a finger wrapped in the child's small pink fingers. He's silent for a moment. I understand, Mother, he says at last. That ship won't make it to Avaron. And then we cut back to you guys hanging out here on planet, waiting for dinner. Just double-tacking something. Enough pathos for you? I just had a father kamikaze your shit. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> it's all in black and white to me. Okay, so it's dinner time. Before long, while you were sitting in your room, just before you get a chance to go to dinner, CFX pops his head in. I got that last symbol you were looking for. Uh-huh. The last symbol is Serian notation. It's called an S-car, frequently used to indicate the hidden musical theme when... Where one piece of music is played behind another very quietly that slowly builds to overtake the other. Loosely translated, Eskar means hidden surprise. And about that time, the door, there's a knock at your door, and one of the servants, the, uh, excuse me, me too, the uh, Rodian, but said, dinner is ready. We follow her to dinner. Okay. And you approach dinner, you approach the dining area. <laughs> you don't have to hunt your dinner. <laughs> that would make much better dinner parties. <laughs> if you had to hunt your own dinner? Well, you could make a party out of hunting your dinner. and then You could always make it a party where 
whoever doesn't, you know, last one standing gets to eat. I think it was a short story on that, wasn't it? <laughs> Do you eat first the people who aren't standing? <laughs> well, let's just say they don't get to eat. Nom, 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 nom. So you head to dinner, and you there are seats around the table. There, the, There's a space for the governor at the head of the table, and to his immediate right is a, spa- a place set aside for um, Joel, and immediately to her left is a space set aside for Governor, Joel, Sexton, Sexton. And then there's one more seat set aside at the far end of the table, that is also in a position of equal importance, uh, that is left open with a table, with a plate, and looks like it's going to be served. There's a number of dishes all laid out on the table, servants are appearing with salads and napkins and all the things that you sort of have before the meal. And the governor waddles in and says, please have a seat. And he, without ceremony or anything, he just sort of plops in his chair. Sit down formally. Are you wearing your armor to dinner, by the way? Yes. Okay. Gives me minus one D to eating. Oh, eating is a dexterity skill. <laughs> oh, what if you're really drunk, I make you a roll, make a roll to hit your mouth. <laughs> Oh, I flubbed the roll, stabbed myself in the cheek. <laughs> uh, there is alcohol in abundance. There is um, all sorts of food, all sorts of various um, dishes from a number of worlds, all very high quality, looking expertly prepared. It smells wonderful. And the governor said, "Just so you're aware, uh, we have a dinner guest that I was not quite expecting, but." Someone I think you know. And he... Uh, moments later, sort of from behind where the governor was, joining, he comes in from the same room the governor came in from, is a very familiar form, at least to you, of Moff Torvan Elite. Daddy. And he is dressed in his full gray military uniform, and he strides in the room, very stiff-backed, and does not make any move to come and say hello to you, uh, other than he you know, meets your gaze kind of knowingly, and then goes and seats, sits at the other end of the table, settles down into his seat, and places his hand in front of himself. It is agreeable to see you again, daughter. Hello, father. I understand you were... Had some difficulty coming in the system. Yes. Do you know anything about that? No, but rest assured I will use all my resources to determine if this pirate, if they were the ones to attack you. I, I don't know what we would do without you, daughter. And he... Takes a deep breath and begins serving, placing food and kind of tables the subject and begins putting food on the having food put on his plate and starts eating. Is there any questions you want to ask or conversation you would like to start up here at the table? <laughs> no, I'm just watching what they're eating. Uh, they're some sort of fowl at one point. Well, I just want to make sure I'm eating from the same dishes they are. Okay, all right. 
They, the governor especially, doesn't seem to have any hesitation. He seems to bite into everything without much hesitation. You do notice that mo- that um, if you start looking for it, that one of the servants is acting as a taster for him. But so before anything goes gets set on the table, they he gazes at them, make sure they take a bite of it. But he's paranoid enough that he makes them be a, a taster, but he's not. Well, I'm making sure he tastes it and making sure that if Joel goes after anything that hasn't been tasted, it's like... Okay. He, the, obviously the gut governor is some sort of glutton. He digs into everything available. He's not hesitating. All food seems to be food he likes. That's fine. What are you doing here, Dad? Well, as you know... Avram is adjacent to one of the sector, the sector I administer. It didn't seem like such a stretch for me to visit. And as you know, it's been a year since we've lost your brother. I felt it important that I at least see my remaining eldest child. I am gratified you were uninjured in today's incident. So you don't think it was a coincidence that it was exactly a year ago? He seems at a loss for words for a moment, and he... I hope it's not. I would be very concerned that someone was targeting our family, but, well, you saw the reports. There's not much that we can do about finding your brother. I wish they had returned his body to us. So he lapses back into silence and concentrates on chewing. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just kind of pushing my food around my plate, having lost my appetite. <clears throat> okay. The um, the governor continues to enjoy the meal. He seems pretty much oblivious to this, right up until the moment one of the servants drops food. One of the servants, one of the older servants, perhaps in her uh, mid-40s, uh, if you were to judge by human, she's actually a Twilight, so it's a little harder to judge. But you guess she's in her 40s. And she dro- accidentally drops a plate of food, primarily through the fact that he was flailing about and elbowed her while she was holding a tray. And the food goes flying. And he just is enraged. Like he, he That light blue color just flushes dark blue. And he and almost towards purple, and he just stands up, slams his hands on the table, and he seethes for a second. Rachel! He screams, and the, the Wookiee hurries in, and he, he points at the Wookiee, and then points at the girl, and the woman, and just gives a significant look, and gives a the Wookiee a significant look and then sort of 
makes a flicking motion with his wrist. And then he just lets... uh, It's like somebody's passed. He's just... Color just drains back out. He composes himself. Back his chair. Sits back. Resumes eating his meal. And the Wookiee, on the other hand, goes over, roughly grabs the woman by her arm, and drags her out of the room. <clears throat> and several other servants hurry to clean up the mess. Just more names for the list. <laughs> and as you sort of digest this for a few minutes, there's ominous silence or just the clink of utensils on plates and an electronic sound followed just by this blood-curdling scream and then another and then another and another and the governor just acts like nothing's happening though every now and again he, he closes his eyes and almost seems to savor the screams is it the same person screaming? Yes. Okay. It seems to be... It's a, and it's almost like he's really enjoying dinner music kind of thing. And uh, after a while, the screams become hoarser and hoarser. And then with a very loud, final electronic sound, the, there's one last scream, and then it's quiet. How many screams were there total? Fifteen. What was the race of the woman that was taken off? Uh, Twilight. Finally, when the silence, the governor says, Well, that's fabulous. And the governor says uh, to the office, says, So, anything more to, to report about the shipments being uh, traveling through? And very conversationally, the moth. No, the, uh, the medical convoy will be departing tomorrow, and the flight plan, of course, is being is secured in my records. They're making a number of anonymous stops, and will arrive at their destination very shortly. The owner says, "Oh, good. The uh, I understand the rebellion traders are, have become more bold." The governor, it's very conversational, and uh, the boss says, oh, yes, but the security we have in place should be more than adequate. I have secured a number of ships, and so the security arrangements are all in place and ready to depart. I look, I'm very excited about this new plan that we're putting in place to deal with these insurgents. The Emperor's new weapon is said to have a remarkable amount of firepower. Some are even saying that it's capable of wiping out entire planets. Of course, that's just rumor. Nevertheless, my small part should be in place and with the security arrangements, all will be assured. They continue to talk about other things as well. Um, there's not a whole lot that that 
comes up with consequence. That's pretty much all that they really talk about. There's a, dessert, a very elaborate dessert that's brought. Um, several, in fact. Several options. Okay. So, you guys are pretty much dismissed from dinner, and the moth doesn't seem to have any real interest in conversing with you. Um, and neither does the governor. But I don't expect them to. Okay. Um, you guys now have run of the house, pretty much. I mean, you know, if, after dinner, you guys are welcome to, you know, kick around, explore, do whatever you'd like. If I promise to stay in my room, will you try to figure out what happened mm. to that lady? No, but you can come with me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Double or equivalent. Okay. Um, before long, the uh, Me Too shows up at your door. Get Breach you. I'm afraid she's off shift right now, but I can... Of course, the governor's staff is always on call. I can wake her if you'd like. Get her here. Okay. And she vanishes. And, um... <laughs> Sorry, I just had a completely... I just was so utterly tempted to have the Wookiee show up and curl her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we do need someone who can talk to the Wookiee. Can we get that? Valia? 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 Maybe to come to you? Hopefully I'll have a better understanding of her this time. <laughs> Are you asking me to for, for Valia? What do you think we ought to do? I, I don't I don't understand Wookiee. Me too. Do you speak Wookiee? She hesitates for a second. Do you understand Wookiee? A little. Not much. When Bree Chu comes, bring somebody that can understand Wookiee. Sure. I, I, Someone I... you can trust. Okay. Um... So she comes back and, and brings Valier and and reach you. <laughs> Valier still managing to look regal despite the fact that she's rumpled, curlers. <laughs> uh, comes in and. Richie wants to know what you're looking for. What happened to the twilight woman who dropped the tray? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I guess she was punished. Is she alive? Valia answers instead of Richie. If the governor was going to kill her, it wouldn't have been over so quickly. That would be a no. No, that would mean she is still alive. Yes. Does this happen often? The governor is not a kind man and has no compunction about throwing away the things that he owns. Can we talk to you by yourself and allow Bridget to go back to bed? She converses quietly with and whispers in Bridget's ear, and Brichu orfs back. What did she say? 
Perception check. Twelve. Uh, something about the word conscience. Okay. Was that that was perception, right? Not that language. was perception. Okay, you were not you were not trying to understand what Breachy was arfing back. I didn't hear her any arf anything back. All I heard was. Yeah, was <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then right. I will. I will try and see what she says. That's a better roll. Thirteen. Uh, something about the word honor. The word Wookie word for honor is was prominent in there, and that's about all you got out of it. Okay. So what is? Uh, Brichu looks hesitant and shakes her head, her shaggy head. Valerie, what can you tell me about the about the piece of music that I was given today? Um, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to end this now. Dahlia freezes for a second and then looks fl- her eyes back at both of you, and you get the sense that she is, despite her youth, she is someone who it seems to be used to having a superior position to everyone. Like she, like she's in command. She, she considers both of you for a second. Glances up at Brichu and holds up a finger and she very purposely walks around the room under the nightstand. She detaches a small electronic device from the under the nightstand, shows it to you, and replaces it right back where it was and then hesitates for a minute more. That piece, she said, says significantly, was crafted very carefully by a youngster who that means a lot to. And I think she's you know, searching for, very carefully for words to use with the indication that you know, she's giving significant glances to the nightstand. I think... It would mean a lot to everyone if it was sung. And she stresses the word everyone. Um, while gazing significantly at, uh, at Joel. Are there words? I don't know. I'm not a musician. I'm sorry. I think I said we were done here. She sort of clicks her heels together and in an almost military fashion and turns and leaves and takes Breachu with her. This is the evil GM part where I ask you guys to make decisions with clearly not enough information. <laughs> And then I then I make you live with the consequence. <laughs> I guess we should get some rest. I've got a concert to get tomorrow. Yep. You do that. Are you guys turning in? Not quite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this little device that she pulled out from underneath. I want to take a better look at it. Okay. You're gonna take it out from under the bed, or you gonna look at where, or out from under the nightstand, and you look at it right where it is. Right where it is. Uh, you've seen enough of these before. It's a it's a bug. It's a listening device. Okay. 
Um, what type of device is it? Is it a recording or is it a transmitting? It is a transmitting device. Okay. But, it, I mean, a lot of... In order to shrink the size... A transmitter is a lot easier to... It's easier to make a small transmitter and microphone compared to a microphone and recorder because the recorder has to contain all the data afterwards so you can put the, you know, the recording device could be anywhere in a mile radius or it could be go to someone live. Right. Um, my next question is, um, what's the range of the transmitter uh, for this type of thing? Approximately uh, a kilometer, mile, something like that, somewhere in there. It's not a top-of-the-line device that could, you know, signal orbit or something like that. Okay. Uh, open the connecting door into my room and see if there's an identical device. Not in that location. You can search your room to see if you can find another one. <laughs> I will search my room to see if I can find another one. Okay. Man, what is it with these rolls? <laughs> eleven. Uh, you do not find anything. On a 4D eleven? That's kind of... Probably <laughs> <laughs> slightly off of average. Yeah. Can I take extra time and look again? Sure. Gotta remember to take extra time. <laughs> there we go. That's better. Twenty-two. Yep, you found one. Okay. Uh, same. This one was this one was actually a, a uh, in the very center of the bed, like very uh, very bottom of the under side of the bed. But yeah. Okay. Same model. Okay. Um, were there any visual devices? Not that you uncovered. Okay. Uh, all right. Now we come to the question of what equipment would I have? <laughs> because we haven't really decided anything. Mm -hmm. I just kind of left it as a blank slate. Okay. Um, Bug jamming is not normally something you would carry equipment if that's what you're thinking. Yeah, well, actually I'm thinking, as to said, I'm not sure. I'm starting to think more and more like a counterintelligence type person. <laughs> in terms of equipment. Yeah, but, you, but up until this point, you've been thinking like a bodyguard type right. person. So that may be something you want to think about in the future, but at the moment, you're think, you've been okay. grabbing like a bodyguard. That's that's fine. Uh, that was kind of nebulous, so I just wanted yeah. to clarify where, where well, I'm was. assuming that your standard kit was for the job that you do. Yes. Well, but that was kind of my question. It's like, does the... Is the job that I do strictly bodyguarding, or is it more total security? Your assumption is not that you are expecting her to do anything, or anyone to want to spy on her. She's just a, a mouthpiece for the Empire. She's, you know, the the pretty face on the Empire. She's not a high-value target. She is not, um, you know, selling got military secrets. She is... The daughter of a moth, so as that she's, you know, possibly a kidnapping target or something like that. But she's not. I mean, no one cares what the little twerpy uh, singer has to say. They don't think she's that bright. Um, the device is it wired or is it just like a little? It's a little speck. I mean, it's, it's okay. Little. I mean, modern. 
in 2014, our bugs are that big. Right. This is, this is Star Wars tech, and it's still that big. <laughs> okay. Um, go ahead and take, uh, uh, Joel's bug mm-hmm. and place it underneath next to the one in my room. Okay. And then walk back inside and close the door. Okay. Alright. You can do that. And I search her room for another one. Okay, you do another search roll. And I take extra time. <laughs> I do much better when I take extra time. Seventeen. You did not find anything. Okay. I'm ready for some yoga in bed. You know what those were. I do. What's your interest in this music? Just never mind it. I have a feeling it has something to do with my brother. Why? Because one of the symbols means brothers. So does this. Exchange brothers and surprise, like hidden surprise. That doesn't... No, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. Okay, sixteen. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't do it. I'm just gonna do some yoga and go to bed. Don't do it. <laughs> yoga in bed? What do you want me to do? I don't want you to sing tomorrow. Don't sing the song? Don't sing the song. It doesn't even have words. Well, don't sing it anyway. It's essentially like scat singing, kind of. What's the harm in the song? We don't know. And we're going to leave it that way. Minimize risk. Minimize. The little kid was so cute with his little... Cute little cobra! And what happens when you find... What happens when they find out that he gave it to you? What happens to him? Okay. If you want the nice snake to live, you have to be silent. Silent. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sixton, go to bed. I'm going to bed. I don't care what you do. Yoga in bed. Good night. Okay. Um, Go back to my room, grab the uh, recording device. Bring it back in and place it back where it was. Okay. What? Okay, are you going back to bed? Kind of. Okay. <laughs> He's going back to his room. Writing notes. Are you fading? Apparently. I will think flower at 10 o'clock. 10.15? Oh, that's sad. How close was I? 10.24. I don't know what it is. I can always tell time. I'm like the sun. <laughs> That's what the mama called you, anyway. I thought it was because I was so bright. <laughs> oh, God. You can tell they're tired. They're funny. <laughs> We've been reduced to the lowest form of humor. No, you guys haven't started slapping each other, so... <laughs> that would be slapstick. Oh, now he's passing notes. 
Uh, okay, give me... Do I just go in the other room? So nope. You can talk this out. Uh, I need... I need a perception check from you. I need the results of those two rolls. And I need a perception check. Okay, that was your... Yep. That was your first roll? Yes. Okay. So what do I do with it? And what, what was your total? Uh, with it, um, it comes to 16. Okay. You managed to get as far as getting to the data pad, and when you bring it up, the uh, it's got little startup music. I like the windows sound. <laughs> and that's enough to wake you up. And Sixton is in your room holding the data pad with the, uh, with the music on it. What are you doing? Crush. <laughs> yep. It's time to drop, crack, step the data pad. Okay. Alright, give me a, a strength roll. Nine. Okay, you managed to crack the screen. They're pretty robust. I mean, they're not. Yeah, I figured. Can I try to grab it from you? <laughs> yes, it's on the ground. You can. It's underneath my foot. You can kick it out from under his foot or kick it under the bed. Okay, how would I do that? Uh, give me a brawling roll. And you can roll make a, an opposed brawling one to keep it out of her hand. Yep, brawling <laughs> parry it. Because <laughs> it's not actually striking to do damage. Thirty-three. Twenty-three. Would you chain this the uh, wild die? Yeah. yeah. Twice. Six, six, and five. <clears throat> well, that's enough to keep it out of her hands. <laughs> well, that and I have a five D plus one on brawling. Five D plus two. See, mine's under strength. <laughs> okay, you got it out of her hands. It's still <laughs> like you mentioned. It's still on the ground, though. Um. <laughs> We're in the governor's house, which is why I'm using it as a as a bludgeon. Because <laughs> I figure it'll give me extra strength. Okay, you make a melee roll. What are you trying to do? Crush it. No, what are you trying to do? Oh. He takes out a blaster and switches to a, a hand grip. Um, I guess I'll try to dive for it again. And try to knock it out of the way. I guess knock it out from underneath of the... Okay. <laughs> okay, but, uh, since you're not actually striking at each other, I'll make this whoever's got the higher roll uh, okay. will act first. Okay. We're not actually going to do this in combat, so go ahead right. and just roll. What am I rolling? Your melee skill. Your melee attack. Any bonuses for the blaster? Is that up to the damage? It'll add to the damage. It will be. So what am I doing? You're making a rolling attack to grab it out of the way. Who's the highest? I saw it. Who's the highest? That the highest. 
Gives me an 11. Okay. 17, 11, 15, 19, 20. Okay, she manages to knock the, the pad across the room out of your reach. Yeah. She doesn't, didn't grab it, but she managed to block, knock it out of your reach. <laughs> Things I didn't expect to be happening this evening. <laughs> <laughs> I try to go pick it up and... <laughs> try to shoot it from across the room? Okay. I thought I saw a security breach. <laughs> Alright. I'm gonna... Okay, go ahead. No, let's just... 18. 18. That's enough to hit it. Like, give me your, your... You were diving for it, so give me a melee roll, too. Was, or a, oh, yeah, a brawling roll, too, if you're faster than he is. Than his, he is with a gun. Pretty crappy roll, so no. Okay, you managed to peg the blood, to peg it, and give me a uh, damage roll. Yep, fourteen. That's enough to cause it to explode into sparks. Okay, but the side effect, unfortunately, is that the internal alarm system goes off, and suddenly the entire uh, like the emergency lighting kicks on, and everyone in the house wakes up. <clears throat> Because like, you hear me, security alert. Sixton, what have you done? I thought somebody tampered with your data pad. Bull- You're safe now. <laughs> Evil data pad was going to get me. Ah. Uh. So now I guess we're answering questions. Okay. So before long, there are two security guards who burst into the room. It's okay. It's okay. I took care of it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he took care of the evil data pad. Everything's fine here. See. No need to panic. The governor appears uh, shortly thereafter, um, and he is in his rather comical Pajamas, um, and he has curlers. No, <laughs> no, he balls. just looks like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> and he sneaks in, and he comes in, and he waddles in. And why have you just dis- disturbed my sleep? I apologize. I was just trying to make sure there was nothing wrong. I thought something happened to one of the data pads. Uh, when I was just making my nightly sweep, and uh, I didn't want to take any chances, especially with uh, her father here. So he shot it. Um, okay, the governor just looks what? <laughs> it's an internal security matter. <laughs> it's an internal idiot matter. I'm hoping that the words internal security will scare him off. <laughs> Has Dad shown up yet? Your dad has not shown up yet. Because <laughs> Dad appointed this dude, right? No. No, okay. The That's governor right. is... Uh, your dad is actually over a different sector. Avram is in the sector nearby. 
Uh, Moth is it's currently not with you. No, no, no. I meant that appointed Sixton. No. No. Okay. no. Uh, the IPB uh, Imperial Propaganda Board selected Sixton. Both for my martial skills and my publicity value. You know, I'm famous. You get all these decorations. Yes, just candy, I think. And yet, you shoot a data pad at three in the morning. Uh, let's go back to slave. The guards... You, you shot a, a data pad? Can never be too careful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask for your weapon, sir. And the other one. <laughs> he collects your blasters. And have you been assaulted by any other inanimate object this morning, <laughs> this evening? No, sir. I can understand if it was a droid or or a data pad. It could have been a droid. I didn't have time to examine it very closely. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the sequence of events. <laughs> the guard just is trying. No more shooting things. Either of you. Do you wish to report to a different what, room, Chris ma'am? Charges? Do you wish another room, ma'am, away from your. Bodyguard, no, he's usually fine. It's okay. The data pad is dead. It's all good. You didn't see what I saw. (laughs) Okay, let's just go to bed. I have a concert to give tomorrow, today. Uh, okay. The guards finally seem satisfied enough to. They have no idea what went on. It's one of those things you don't ask too many questions. <laughs> if everyone, as long as everyone's okay, you don't ask too many questions. They've dealt with enough uh, wealthy. Part two. You get the you get a. Uh... Well, because for the other stuff. Uh, okay. You, yeah. No, I remember the other stuff. The question: You still need to obtain the other stuff. Well. The other, well, one of them is in my room. Okay, right, that one. And then the, and then I don't know where um, Z is, but it can't be too far. It's got to be in our, it's got to be in our general vicinity. Okay, you can, you can call, you can call Z in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, you're going back to bed. Yeah, I'm going back to. Okay. I'm going to sleep. All right, and you can go ahead and. You can hear him through the door. You can hear him calling out for ZFX. Z, Z. <laughs> okay, make the both rolls. All right, computer. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. You know what happens when you um, when you try like leave a, t- a, a TV on too long and you burn into the screen. <laughs> 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 so you can never erase what was there. All right, that was the first one. <laughs> no, actually, you, you just broadcast it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
Alright. Let's you see. Let's see how... <laughs> With the four stock. <laughs> Let's see how I do with, um, oh, I don't know, ZFX. <laughs> you, you, know those, you know those people who accidentally reply all with <laughs> the yeah. confidential information? Yeah, yeah you, that's what yeah. you just <laughs> This is why I'm better at blasting things. Because <laughs> I only think I'm good at the law enforcement stuff. As we decided. Oh, this one's much better. Eight. You can clear the data off your data, or out, out, you can, you at least can instruct the drawing to delete the data. Yeah. <laughs> but there's now, you're just even, of course you don't know that you just emailed everyone. The song. Everyone in your contact list. He's <laughs> got a copy. Look at Joel's new greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> Sixton's playlist. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't go well. <laughs> so that was when you blow the sneak roll and then <laughs> blow the data pad and then <laughs> you're tempted. <laughs> what did I succeed on? Brawling and blast. <laughs> That's funny though, isn't it? You actually succeeded in deleting the the data off, the, or eliminating the data pad that wasn't in your possession. It was the one you had you couldn't handle. I know, and I couldn't just blow that one away. <laughs> Two in one night? That's a little far-fetched. <laughs> okay. Well, after you blew up the other one. Like you have mail. <laughs> <laughs> Sixton's greatest hits. Yes. Sixton's greatest hits. <laughs> the propaganda tour mix. Okay, so you uh, you wake up <laughs> you wake up the next morning, bright-eyed and bushy tail despite the night. You do have the day to before the concert. You, you don't necessarily have anything planned. Presumably, all the preparations are still being made for the concert at the Supod Dome. That concludes this part of Episode 1. Please join us next week, or email us at swfallingstar at gmail.com, or leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and help spread the word. Until next week, thank you, and may the Force be with you.